0: to a brand new podcast from Shift. My name is Rich Williams. Each episode, I'll be joined by members of the Shift team to take a quick look at the research they've been doing into how to make your retail business thrive. Joining me today, CEO Shane Quigley, Retail Director Pete Gould and Head of Strategic Partnerships, James Dawson. Today, it's science friction, the art of annoying customers with technology. Shane, let me come to you. This is a a term that you coined. No one wants to annoy their customers, presumably. So what is science friction?
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I coined this term. It's one of my... uh More repeatable mantras. Uh, (laughs) And um, I'm I'm a massive technologist. I was lucky enough that my dad was into computers. There was always computers around the house. I'm also guilty of placating children with iPads as well at relevant times. But I do get incredibly wound up when people are uh, implementing technology for technology's sake rather than improving the customer experience. And often with the best intentions as well. I will explore why people continue with projects that are, are doomed to fail. But let's talk about train stations. Stressful getting a train. Stressful being on someone else's timetable, and in days gone by, you had to either rock up and buy your ticket or buy your ticket online, get it printed out for one of those machines, queue for the machine, <laughs> hope it worked, hope you had the right card with you. I mean, it involved a Anger lot. Anger levels are starting to rise just hearing those words that you're saying. There. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, like the other day, uh, Pete and I were rushing for a train to London, and he got stuck in a, an accident on the M1. He calls me, says I'm not going to make it, and he pings me the ticket via email. I get to the barriers, I open my uh, phone, I bring up the barcode, I, tr- I move my phone around it, the phone's constantly spinning, the barcode's spinning, <laughs> the gate's giving me the proverbial middle finger, and uh, there's people backing up behind me. You know, I just want a mushroom cloud. You're swearing at this
0: point as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. the bit you've left out. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. I'm like- <laughs> At so, the barrier. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then and the poor guy that has to open the gate for every other ticket that won't work as well, I'm just like, this is just awful. Why, why on earth are we doing this? And in times of peak traffic, Nine times out of ten, they just leave the, the gates open so you can't even play the security card. So I, I reflect on that and I say, why did someone, when they saw this, during the trials of these gate systems. And you know we're based in Leeds predominantly, but you saw this at Leeds train station. You saw when they were trialing it, it was open most of the time because it wasn't working, but they pushed ahead and they rolled it out.
2: Technology, like you say, isn't the problem. It's it's people using it for the sake of using it. It's More often than not, it's replacing people, customer service with technology or jumping on something that's shiny, it's new, it feels like this is the way forward, this is what we, we need to implement. But no one's taking a step back and going, is this solving a customer problem? Is this enhancing a service, or at least maintaining it? And perhaps yes, we are cutting costs, but we're not dam- you know damaging service as a result of
3: that. Everybody's you know experienced it at some point. You know the, the, the amount of stand-up comedians making jokes about please place item in bagging area and, and everything when they were rolled out. And and can I just interject that? Which because literally yesterday I went to um, a supermarket.
0: I got one thing. I got a thing of chewing gum, and I went to the the self checkout thing, and you. You scan it through and it comes up. But you've got to put it in the weighing area before it will sort of realise it's there. And I put it in the weighing area and nothing's happening. And a lady has to come over to me. She's clocked me. And she's like, yeah, it's too light. It won't recognise it. And I'm like, if you're going to use it, surely I can do it. Is that, the ki- is that the kind of thing you're talking about? So instead of it making it better for me, it just slowed down the whole process and I just yeah. want a bit of chewing gum.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now, this is one I take pleasure in, because there's times you want to back... In, in- my
0: misfortune. <laughs>
1: <laughs> absolutely. That seems fairly unreasonable. Um, there's times you want to back up a queue, there's times you don't want to back up a queue. You don't want to back up the queue at the train station, but taking my two-year-old down for the self-checkout at Sainsbury's, I really, really enjoy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so where are the other places that are have introduced this? I mean, I know you've got a big article
0: on, it's the Tsar in Westfield, right, down in London, yeah. which have gone kind of all out tech crazy uh, to try and be all shiny and we, new.
3: We were so excited by this. The amount of, of PR coverage it got about how this was going to revolutionise retail and everybody talking about it said how fantastic it was. So we, we had to go see it. They had a, a mirror. It was a mirror and you could look at yourself in the stuff or you could hold the RFID that they'd put on it next to the mirror and then it would come up with a, a picture of a model wearing it, which you know, it always looks better on a model. if You want to see what you could aspire to, but It was pretty much the the sales assistant wiping this mirror with a jumper we held up for for a couple of minutes before it finally registered it. And then when it did register, it came up with the same jumper in a different colour variant because that was the one that was the the image on the website. It just didn't work. They had other stuff as well where I grabbed a load of T-shirts, went up to a a scannerless checkout and said, I want to pay. It registered that I had these t-shirts. How does that work? So, uh, forgive so, me, but how does that work on a scandalous the, the, checkout? The, the, the RFID is Radio Frequency Identification, I believe. I'm going to... Go with that. <laughs> we'll go with that. Um, and it sends a little signal out. There's a wire in in the, the label and it fires back and says, this is what this item is. Okay. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah. and okay. it, it worked 50% of the time. It said I had three jumpers when I only had one, but I put that back. And then it, it said, right, you've got this t-shirt couple of t-shirts would you like to buy them so i didn't have to scan them i says yeah brilliant so i just put my card next to it and it it bought the t-shirts that was great such an experience then it came up with a video of how to get the security tags off and the video wasn't very clear i put the tag in didn't know i had to pull with all my might to get the pin out (laughs) it didn't work and then it wouldn't give me another shot of doing it so i went i had to go find a person they took me to the manned person checkout And I said, look, I couldn't figure out how to get the security tags off. And the girl behind the counter went, well, nobody can. So this
1: is something that is key to my understanding of this process. Zara making some bold steps forwards, brilliant. We're not lambasting them for that in any way. Um, We're encouraging it. But I've been down to one of the largest manufacturers of RFID tags and also the scanning machines headquarters in Northamptonshire and seen a demo of all this stuff. You only have to try that tag removal thing twice to know it's just not going to scale. You know, you're know, you not going to be able to get volume through this. You're not going to have to give a better customer experience. You also know that if you invest in the RFID tag going into the, sew, the sewn-in label, you can use that as a security tag as well. So you can use the scanners on the doors to detect if someone's walking out with an RFID tag that's been paid for or not. So you can actually get rid of those hardware tags. So what, how did we get from a place where we were trying to improve customer experience to rolling out something that we know degrades it because we had to go to the board to get a business case approved? Is, is, is that what's driving this? Because we're, we're afraid to fail because we got so far into a project and we wanted to actually push it out? Or were we not engaging with the project early on? I, I, failed, to, I failed to see that they weren't engaging to see that this was gonna be an issue. If you see
0: something that's sort of cool like let's say you've done all that in Zara and it all gone really really yeah. well you'd be telling everyone about it wouldn't you you'd Absolutely. Be like, Oh, wow, this was great. I did this thing with the t-shirts and the water. It was
3: it, honestly you've got to go and try it. You'd be saying that. I was at that point thinking this is amazing. I'd love not having to scan stuff. Imagine doing this with your shopping, just having a basket of shopping and it going, yeah, you don't have to go item not registered in bagging area and all, and all of that because it's just it's just found it all. That would be great. But it was the bit at the end that just broke and fell over.
2: Another example where people are using it is augmented reality. And you know, for those not in the know, the best way of saying like that would be Snapchat filters, Pokemon Go, obviously a craze uh, from last year. But where retailers are trying to use that will be in areas like glasses. It's very hard to buy uh, sunglasses, glasses in general online. So a lot of retailers will allow you to use your webcam, your your um, camera device, and, and show you what those glasses will look like on. But in reality... You still will rarely buy a product of that value or or how customizable they are based on just seeing it in that form. There's other cosmetics companies doing that with makeup and so on. Others try it with furniture, seeing how it looks in the room, but you're never completely sure of how to scale it is. And again, the the, uh, intentions are are really well intended, but is that really solving a customer issue? You know, am I going to do that? But I'm still probably going to want to go into a store and actually try that on. So I think we're finding there's a lot of retailers that are, uh, are trying lots of things, but, you know, again it comes back to that idea of they really solving a customer problem here or uh, you know is it just trying it for you know technology's sake
3: there was one we saw with uh, ar for getting a uh, a buggy and see if it'll fit in the boot of your car film the boot of your car and it showed on your mobile whether the, the buggy would go in or not now would i trust that as much as them just telling me how long it is and how tall it is folded down and me getting a tape measure out measure twice by once Okay yeah that's <laughs> a um, top tip from James There you go we, I think I think there's, there's there's two things here though so whilst
1: those things are areas where there's there's an element there of do you trust it and I think we will trust these things more over time, the sunglasses thing, if that adds value, if it gives me another ability to build trust online, great. But where something, where, where technology sits in your core customer experience, like checking out or getting into a train station, you better be damn sure that that's going to work when you roll it out. Rather than these large-scale projects that take years to deliver and people refuse to back out of them because they don't want egg on their face, we need to get to a place where we learn a little bit from Silicon Valley where we have a more agile, is the buzzword, but where we have a more iterative process. We try smaller things more often with smaller budgets on smaller scales. And we we should be just as proud as saying, I try five things that all fell on their face this this month. And, and one thing worked really, really well. We're going to scale that up. And over the next quarter, we're going to work out whether there's something we could roll out that would dramatically change this business. But in my experience, it's it's the fear of asking for budget. It's putting yourself out there to possibly fail. We need to get over that.
0: There is a little thing from a customer point of view. Sometimes you feel, oh, I'm being technologied out of speaking to someone. Mm. You you know, are are there any places that have kind of like managed to introduce tech well, but you also still get a customer
3: experience of speaking to people? I I wrote an article just about something that did that. And it, it was quite surprising. It was McDonald's. Now, we were all familiar with the, uh, the touchscreens and the McDonald's and, you know, even my parents can manage to order them when they, they took my kids the other week, which is, is my kind of uh, rule of, of thumb. If, it, if, it, if they can use it, then it, they've got the tech right. They've managed to actually... How do you know the children didn't order for them? Well, they probably showed them. They probably showed them. <laughs> yeah, just for the record, no kids were harmed in this process. Yeah. But it's easier to order. They've actually increased sales because of it. You, you know, you can advertise through the screen, you've got the visual picture of the food, uh, you don't feel as guilty ordering stuff or all the things that have contributed to it, but they've not cut down the number of staff. So if you go into these McDonald's now, they're doing things like table service because you order at the screen, you take the little number and you sit down at a table and somebody will bring it to you. They've still got the same staff numbers. It's not putting people out of jobs with this technology, but. They're providing extra service as people handing out balloons. They're making it more of a an experience, you know, it, and it's, it's from something that you always think of as quite low key, but they've used technology to make it easier and that you can have Lots and lots of these um, service stands for people to order from without having to do the whole long queue and then you get behind the bloke at the front that, you know, it turns out it's his first time in McDonald's and has to ask what food they do.
0: Presumably that gives you also that customer sense of, hey, have you seen these things they've got in McDonald's? That's pretty cool as well. But without losing the sense of it still being a good service.
3: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. they've probably increased the service because they didn't have table service before they uh, they introduced
1: these machines sales are 5% up so there's a lot that retailers could learn from that and take into their main businesses one of the ones that's least talked about because it works so well is is Amazon's uh, returns processes Amazon's customer service mainly bot slash flowchart driven and I think you understand that as a customer but 9 times out of 10 you get to a resolution and when you don't Uh, I think I've only struggled to actually speak to someone I wanted to once. And there was something that happened to me very recently that uh, caused me some concern, and it comes back to my uh, shopping addiction where I uh, I moved to Australia for a couple of years. And as I got off the plane, I needed something. So I went to order it from Amazon. And at the time, they didn't have an Amazon. I nearly got straight back on the plane. (laughs) Because for tax purposes, I'd looked through Amazon to see if I'd done any business purchases and realized I was ordering nearly once a day from Amazon. So for me to only ever come across that problem once in, say, five years means it's working. It's understanding what does the customer want, you know, if I haven't got to sit in a phone queue and you can give me the answer via um, online driven service, then fantastic but know when you've lost, know when to hand me off to a human being and and avoid frustration build up.
0: So there you go, science friction the art of annoying customers with technology Shane's off to just reconsider his propping up of the whole of Amazon due to his daily purchase and we're all off for a Mackie D's, thanks for tuning in. (music)